Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jacob's Cabin. This is Anna, and I am joined by Denise. And we are here for our third hiatus cast of this long hiatus. How are you holding up, Denise? Pretty good. I've been pretty busy. How about you? Been pretty busy as well. Yeah. Um, I'm about ready for it to cool down a little bit. I'm tired of this 90 degree weather well, business. We, we did have some cooler weather for I Indiana know. for the summer. I got spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's see. What do we have planned for today? We have. Um, our reactions to Comic-Con. Even though we weren't there, about. unfortunately. Yes, but we did want to comment on some of the things that happened there. Um, there was an official Lost podcast that came out yesterday, mm-hmm. so uh, we listened to that at work today and thought we could maybe uh, comment on that a little bit. We have some feedback that you guys have been sending in, so thank you. Keep sending in, you know, whatever you're thinking about. You wake up at 2 in the morning and, and you have a thought about Lost, go ahead and send us an email. That's great. And then we also have... Um, we were sent a MP3 of some audio from, I guess it's like a radio show or a satellite radio show, yeah. and um, they did an interview with Michael Emerson. So uh, we have some clips to play from that and comments on that more towards the end. So uh, let's talk about Comic-Con a little bit. What do you think? Um, it was really fun to listen to, yeah. and I really appreciate Ryan and Jen recording everything for us, mm-hmm. because I actually, um, I listened to their recording, and then I went and watched just the little interlude clips. I didn't oh, yeah. actually watch the panel of them talking most of the time, just because I didn't really have time. But um, I really liked it, but at the same time, I was kind of disappointed, just because there was so much of it being scripted that people didn't really get to ask their questions. Yeah, I felt that way too. I felt like there weren't as many questions as normal. But at the same time, they don't want to give away too much and we're so close to the end. Yeah, so I was slightly disappointed on that front, but then all the fun stuff that they they did was absolutely hilarious. Oh yeah, I don't know how many times I've watched (laughs) the fan video. (laughs) That was great. And the memories video. Oh yeah, that one was really good. Yeah. But uh, I especially liked the the fan-made one of uh, Jack and Sawyer. (laughs) <laughs> that was yeah. that was well, pretty the hilarious. Babies one. You can go to YouTube and search Lost Babies, I guess. Lost mm-hmm. Muppet Babies. And you can find more of those. Those are kind of funny, too. Um, and I guess um, in the official Lost podcast that we listened to today, they had a couple of the other writers that we don't really know of. We've never really seen them, you know. They're just yeah. sort of... Writing. Adam and Eddie were their names. Yeah. And uh, they sound like they've been writing together... And they've been friends for a long time, and so it was really cool to kind of hear their side of things, Mm -hmm. how they work with Damon and Carlton, and then also how they actually got involved in Comic-Con this year and had had some parts writing the the little skits and things that happened in between. So yeah, they said they said that that it was their first um, Comic-Con that they'd been part of at all. Yeah. So those guys also had a few comments about um, 
the things we saw at Comic-Con, the videos, the Mr. Cluck's commercial that Hurley mm-hmm. did. And Oceanic commercial. Oceanic commercial, and I, I guess even the Kate's Most Wanted thing. Um, they had some things to say about whether or not those were more or less official, and, and should we take those into account when we're theorizing? Um, that's what it kind of seemed like to me, that they did say everything was completely purposeful. Everything was thought out, you know, all the way. So I guess that we're supposed to take that to mean that, you know, if Oceanic has a thing saying that it's 30 years of safety, mm-hmm. you know, did the plane not actually crash then? Did they reset things? Or, you know, Hurley saying that ever since he won the lottery, he's had good luck. You know, it makes me kind of wonder, did they really reset everything or did we, you know, somehow get to opposite land? Yeah, the good luck thing is kind of weird because that would mean it would have to reset his whole life yeah. from when he won the lottery because that wasn't just an island thing. Yeah. It was before that. He was like, I've had nothing but bad luck. My grandpa Tito died and the house burned down and all this stuff was was wrong. So it would have to go further back yeah, that than may- resetting them to being on the original Flight 815. Yeah, that kind of makes me wonder if it has a lot more to do with the numbers than maybe we thought because the lottery was the numbers. The numbers. Yeah. So maybe some combination of the numbers and the possible explosion might have been what did it or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the numbers will come into play as far as how far back they go, you know, so many yeah. units of time. I wouldn't know what, what unit of time to look for, though. I mean, if it were four years, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if four years would be enough to do it. Maybe. Somebody needs to make a, a lost timeline. Maybe there's one out there. Probably there is. <laughs> um, and then as far as the Ajira thing, I, I read somewhere online where they were trying to figure it out, and they were saying, okay, 1977, so... 30 years worth of a perfect safety record would take them to 2007. But I think that um, Ajira was, what, late 2007? Yeah. Maybe even early 2008, since they got off the island in probably January 2005. So if mm-hmm. you're really counting three exact years to get to that point, then it could be that Ajira didn't crash until late 2007, early 2008. So the 30 years might, yeah. I mean, the commercial could be from before the crash happened. Yeah, it could. Yeah. Did they actually, did they ever show the tickets of the flight number? Did they have a date on Ooh, it for Flight 316? I don't know that they did. They they were all getting on the plane, but I don't remember seeing any tickets. I don't remember it either. But mm-hmm. I remember we had that book with the latitude and longitude, and it was like, Ooh, that flight. That's true. I wonder if that had dates on it. It might have. But the, didn't they mess up the latitude and longitude and, like, flip them so that it was accidentally backwards. Anyways. I don't know. I couldn't. I put them into Google Maps and I couldn't figure it out anyway. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I'm not a cartographer, yeah. even though I do love maps. Okay, we took a break to check that real quick, and and at least according to Lostpedia, there wasn't an actual date on the ticket for Flight 316. Right, but the the Lostpedia entry did assume that it was 2007, right. late 2007. So. All right, now that we've done our homework, yep. <laughs> uh, let's move on to some feedback. We got this comment from Chris, our co-worker, who now doesn't work in the same building with us anymore. But um, let's see what Chris says. Hello, I have a new theory. I think that Miss Hawking is working for Jacob's enemy. She was insistent that Locke's body return with them on the flight so Jacob's enemy could use him, and we still have no idea why she was exiled. I also find her relationship with Ben strange. They have to know each other, but there seems to be some disconnect between them. They don't seem to like each other. Could it be because they are on different sides? I am in my first Lost rewatch. 
I never rewatched any episode up to now, but I am only on season one so far. I am looking forward to rewatching episodes with Miss Hawking to see if there are any other clues to support this theory. Hopefully, after rewatching, I will have more to support my theory. What do you girls think? I think there's definitely a possibility of that happening mm-hmm. because without knowing why she's exiled, you know that that leaves so many holes all over the place. Yeah, and the fact that Ben would go to her and ask for help and, and kind of play by her rules for a while, I mean, that's the kind of thing that he would do, you know? Yeah. He goes and he manipulates people, and he's trying to get back to the island. That's what he wants. If he has to work with her to do it, that's fine. And obviously, I mean, now we know that he doesn't really know Jacob Yeah. either. So definitely. it's not like he's completely Jacob's man 100%. I only work for Jacob. He might not even know Jacob's enemy exists. Yeah, I was just going to say that he doesn't seem to even know that Jacob's enemy exists at all. Yeah, I mean, he it's like him versus Widmore. Uh-huh. But uh, Widmore and Hawking definitely don't seem to be on the same side either. Yeah, not so much anymore. Yeah. Okay, our next feedback is from Coke Logic. From the information we got at Comic-Con, I think I have a good idea of what to expect in the format of Season 6 episodes. I think that the writers are going to play out whatever happened, happened. Jack always caused the incident, and the island story continues. But instead of flashback and flash-forwards, we may get what could have been backs. Showing what the 815ers' lives would have been like if their plane never crashed, and we'll see if their lives were better or worse for coming to the island. Maybe the characters that died on the island may die anyway because of course correction. In the universe, dying was their path. This may not be groundbreaking. Even my buddy Travis came to a similar conclusion. But my twist on the idea is, even if 815 never crashed and they carried out their lives, the island would find a way to bring them to the island. Just as Locke said, all roads lead here. They can't escape the island. It's always moving and would bring our losties to the island, one by one if needed. And since we are entering the final season without an answer to a long-pondered question, I'm going to make a prediction. Desmond lied to Charlie about Claire ever getting on the helicopter. It wasn't a false or alternate vision he saw, it was simply a lie to get back to Penny, when he knew he couldn't save Charlie forever. And this guilt may bring Desmond back to the island. And even if Jack changed history, Desmond would remember everything because he's uniquely special. I especially like the last paragraph about Desmond and Charlie, Mm -hmm. because I could see Desmond almost, you know, kind of using his ability to see the future sort of Mm -hmm. and kind of working that to his advantage i mean like i love desmond he's awesome but if he knew that that's the only way he could get charlie to do that Mm -hmm. i think that i could see him saying yeah if you do this claire's going to be safe yeah i don't know that we can necessarily assume that everything desmond's doing is for the greater good of the entire group yeah when he when the people first found him in the hatch what did he do He ran off pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. He took his boat and he left, and he left everybody else there. He didn't even say, hey, does one of you want to come with me? Yeah. So you can come back and find your friends later. He just ran off. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, and then he got to know him, of course, and and, uh, helped him out a lot. But still, I I wouldn't necessarily assume that he is is working for their good all the time. Yeah. And um, the part at the beginning where it's talking about course correction and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, it kind of reminds me of the Final Destination movies. And if you haven't seen those, basically these people escape death from a plane crash, funnily enough. Hmm. And then the world finds extremely strange ways to kill them because they were supposed to die. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no matter what your plans are, the world's going to make you do what's in the plan for you. Yeah. 
Well, and that ties in with what Coke Logic was saying here about um, all roads lead here, that they right. would be brought back to the island anyway. That, that was something I wondered about because when Jack said this is going to reset everything and we're going to land in LAX and, and all that, um, and his reason for it was because he lost Kate. Did he just want to wipe Kate from his memory? Or was he thinking, okay, when we land, somehow we're going to end up together anyway? That that is his destiny, is to be with Kate. I don't think he'd want to wipe out Kate completely, you know, despite all the troubles that they've had. I think that he would probably have been happier with her, so he's probably hoping to find a way that they can be together again. That they would have been even if things reset to yeah. the original flight and they were strangers and yeah. she was in handcuffs with the marshal. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's expecting a lot on yeah. Jack's part, if that's what he's expecting. Well, if he's turning into a man of faith, you know, he could be taking it on faith that things will work out. That's true. That's true. Or maybe he was thinking maybe they'd come back to the island, but under different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. Um, but on the format thing of having season six be like, this is what would have been if it hadn't crashed. I could see that happening if season six wasn't the last season. Mm, if you we know, had more time. Yeah, if we had more time or even if they didn't devote a whole season to it. I could see them doing maybe an episode with kind of a montage of everyone of this is what their lives would be if it hadn't crashed. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they could make that the whole season just because, I don't know, that wouldn't give us any sort of sense of closure, really. Right, it wouldn't be giving us any answers. Right. I think, and again, thinking back to the Hurley commercial, that would have to go back a lot further. Yeah. To reset things to the point where, where everything's fine for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, when does things being fine start? Does it start at birth? You know, would that go all the way back to Locke's birth and everything? Or when Jacob touched them? You know? Although Hurley's was, was right before he got on 316, so that kind of Yeah, but, that. but still, you know? Yeah. There's no way to tell how far back they'd have to go to actually really reset things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now here's another email we got from Katie, and, and it kind of goes along the lines of what we were just talking about. So um, she gives a few um, ideas of what might have happened to some of the Losties if they had um, sort of reset to a certain amount or um, just if their lives had been different. Uh, and this goes with the ones who were touched by Jacob. So for Kate, Jacob says, don't steal again, so Kate wouldn't steal again, wouldn't somehow end up in her life of crime, run away to Australia, and end up on the plane, so she wouldn't get on the plane. Mm -hmm. Somehow she might have seen that random people can be benevolent and can be good, and thus she might not be as bitter as she's grown up as we know her. Jack would have realized he just needed a little kick, have sorted out his relationship with his father, they would have bonded better, and things wouldn't have ended up so bad, so Christian wouldn't have ended up miserably in Australia drinking himself into oblivion. Jack wouldn't have had to go to Australia to collect his body. So, there you go. That's why Jack wouldn't have had to go. Sawyer wouldn't have been writing his letter when his uncle turns up and tells him not to, explaining he needs to move on. Presuming young Sawyer heeds his uncle's words, he could grow up without a life of resentment fixated on the letter, and wouldn't then find himself in Australia hunting the real Sawyer. Son and Jin wouldn't have ended up with such relationship difficulties if they'd remembered that their love was always so precious, wouldn't have ended up doing all that stuff with a watch and trying to start afresh, as they would have worked harder with what they already had, and Locke, I'm a bit shaky on how this works with Locke, but I think if we can assume Jacob heals Locke, then why not heal him completely, and thus perhaps he isn't in a wheelchair and doesn't require his walkabout, and thus doesn't get on the plane. Yeah, that would so. be a huge departure for Locke, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, for all of them, this really traces back quite a ways into some of their lives, if you want to go back to Kate and the lunchbox and Sawyer mm -hmm. and the letter. Um, so Katie goes on to say a few more things to kind of explain 
um, what else this would mean. So, if whatever happened happened, as it will always have happened to our losties, then they will all continue to exist and not go see-through or disappear like Back to the Future, meaning that they could very well be the they're coming. Having been back in time, they can turn up on the beach and fight the war because in the world they return to, they don't exist on the island in duplicate as they never arrived there in the plane crash. They are then Jacob's own loophole. So Jacob has a loophole to get around fake Locke's loophole. I, I guess that's what she's saying, and that the Losties could fit into this loophole because they can come back to the island because there wouldn't be two of themselves on the island. Wow. Um, that makes my brain hurt a little bit. I know. Um, so we better keep reading and hope our brains don't explode, but here's a little bit more. Um, essentially, there would be two instances of each of them, more or less an alternate reality, but literally only for the individuals touched by Jacob, whomsoever that turns out to be relevant to, as again, loophole. Thus, theoretically, they could continue to exist as they pleased. My sort of support for this is that Locke seems to be corporeal in two fashions, as if he was interrupted by something somewhere, and we know that in Locke's current theory of time, however it's structured, it is possible to have another self existing simultaneously, as with Miles, that somewhere amongst all this free will and destiny, a conscious choice to take another path could, with some kind of touching from Jacob, make it that their existence separates quite literally from that which they should have had. So like an actual separation into two different bodies. I, li I like that she said um, Locke seems to be corporeal in two fashions because mm -hmm. we're sort of assuming smoke monster or some other apparition, but what if it is actually two corporeal versions of Locke, two bodily fleshly versions? So kind of like whenever they get touched, you know, they don't visibly split into two people, but... They some... could. I mean, if they get to the point where they have to make a choice, then maybe they could. Yeah, how does it decide, like, which one is the default new body? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I mean, what would pick that? What's what's the default, and then what's the alternate? How does that or get maybe, chosen? Okay, I'm looking ahead to her next paragraph here about Desmond and Daniel, um, and saying how Desmond was special. Maybe there aren't actually two corporeal bodies, but there's kind of two, tra two tracks that their mind could take. Mm -hmm. And so... Once something changes, it alters everything else in their mind, the way that Desmond woke up and had different memories. Yeah. Or had a new memory, I guess, added to what he had. Yeah. So they could wake up with new memories, um, all the memories of all the things that happened on the island, or That'd things be... that would have happened if they, if they hadn't come to the island ever. How would you just wake up and realize that's a memory and not a dream? Like, how do you think he could have sorted that out? Well, Desmond knew somehow. I guess it just seemed so real. Well, because I've had really know. realistic dreams before, but, you know, I knew af about five seconds after waking up and, you know, breathing normally again mm -hmm. that you it was a dream. dream. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, maybe did someone say, hey, this isn't a dream or, hmm. you know? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess you couldn't really differentiate. It kind of makes me think of Harry Potter and the Pensieve. A little bit, almost. Mm. You get to go and live somebody else's memory. Yeah. Huh. But you can't really affect it, and yeah, you're not really. I mean, you're not really there. You're just seeing it as it used to happen. Maybe hmm. someone used the pen sieve and put the memory into his head. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's read this last paragraph here from Katie. The other thing that backs up this non-linear time is what happens between Desmond and Daniel. 
when Daniel goes back in his own present time and sees Desmond in his past time in the hatch, it's only in some kind of equivalent time for Desmond that he wakes up on the boat knowing what he has to do. I think that will be explained, and I wonder if it's specific to Desmond and Daniel, or something that's more relevant to everyone. Variables, loopholes, similar or different. Wow. Yeah. Katie, I have to give you credit for this because there is no way that I could ever come up with this on my own. <laughs> and I really like it. Mm-hmm. Makes you think. Yeah. And speaking of Katie, she has a new podcast that she just started right. called What Katie Said. And you can find that at whatkatiesaid.wordpress.com. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. And I listened to her first episode the other day, and it was a lot of fun. And she's got some really good thoughts. Yeah, so. as you can tell from her email. Yeah, definitely. So, you yeah. should. You guys should really check her out. Yeah. Now here's another email that sort of ties in with what Katie just said. We just keep getting all these emails completely disconnected, but they all they all uh, kind of support each other. This is from Manuel in Ohio, and he says, I've been re-watching all the seasons of Lost, and I'm convinced that in season three's Flashes Before Your Eyes, Desmond began an alternate timeline. Miss Hawking was telling him the things he'd already done and had to do again, but he didn't do them the same way, which suggested to me that there was a timeline in which none of the odd events happen. That means, to him, no time traveling. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think about that? That was when the timeline began, alternately? I think I've I've heard a few people say that, and it's really making me want to go and re-watch that episode. Mm. I might do that tomorrow, actually. That's a good idea. Yeah, um, we're not quite there on the rewatch yet. <laughs> but, um, is this the point where he became special? It or could was be. he special before that? Because she sought him out, basically. She was in that shop because she knew he'd be there. Because where else have we seen her? We've seen her in flashbacks with Faraday, and we've seen her in California, and she seems to be the only person manning that station, the lamppost. Maybe somehow, um, whenever he met Penny, that's when he became special. Since Penny is Widmore's daughter, huh. maybe there's some sort of connection that way, and that's why she's seeking him out. True. He's also followed a very specific path, though, to get to where he is. Because mm -hmm. he ran off, what, on his wedding day, the day before his wedding, and became a monk. Yeah. And, uh... A little backwards. <laughs> then got kicked out of there, and, and everything just seems to be in just the right place at just the right time. You know, meeting Penny the day he gets kicked out of the monastery. Yeah. And, um, so... Meeting her in the monastery parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah, stop being a monk, and what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> And he, he met up with Jack whenever they were running on the stairs yeah, in some stadium? Yeah, I mean, stadium. everything is so precise in his life that for him to do something that he's not supposed to do, it, it could be pretty um, pretty game-changing. I mean, maybe there was some sort of voice that he didn't really know that it was there, but it was directing him to these things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he just kept getting course-corrected until he was at the right place. Like, maybe he wasn't supposed to marry the first girl. Yeah. And so course-correction was... He gets picked up by a monk who says, hey, come join us. And then he says, brother, for the rest of his life. <laughs> okay, and we've also got a comment from Dave in Detroit. Um, a few episodes ago, we were talking about if we could list a few things to take to the island, um, what would we bring? And Dave made up a list that says, how come no one is taking toilet paper to the island with them? Some rolls of two or three ply would be nice. I definitely <laughs> agree. I think mm -hmm. I remember Hurley having to use banana leaves or something. He and did use some leaves one time. Not really liking mm -hmm. it, nope. and I'm going to agree with you there. Um, he also would bring a water filtration system. Good point. Mm -hmm. um, boots and lots of socks. Also excellent. Oh, yeah. And he says a solar power to 
a solar charger to power things like small gadgets, which he didn't mention what small gadgets, but I would definitely bring some sort of GPS, mm, some sort phone. of cell phone, um, or, you know, a smartphone or something, because mm-hmm. you can't, you know, not have Twitter, and, <laughs> and, uh, and a laptop, mm. and a camera. Oh, yeah. Definitely a camera. If yeah. I'm going to be on a, on a deserted island that's that beautiful... I'm going to have pictures of it. Yeah, it's kind of sad. The Losties don't have any pictures to remember their time golfing on the island. Yeah. Swimming on the island. Yeah, you know. <laughs> they. It'd be fun to have pictures of their time. Like, like, yeah, this time that we were on a deserted island, it really sucked and lots of people died. But we did fun <laughs> stuff too, you know. We Here's had, me and the polar bear. <laughs> yeah. We had imaginary peanut butter. Oh, yeah. You know, all sorts of fun stuff. It'd kind of be a fun a fun album to look back on. Yeah, and Claire wouldn't have any pictures of Aaron as a baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That'd she'd probably want those. Yeah. I mean, if she's not dead. Right. Minor but details. But the grandmother. The grandmother would like them. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Um, thanks for the list, Dave. It was really good. Yeah, good list. Good list. All right, here's an email from Pam in Al- Albuquerque. It's a short one, but... Um, she says that she's heard several people on different podcasts mention that Ilana didn't really know Richard or mispronounce his name. I don't get that from what she called him. I think she has known him for a very long time and still calls him by the version of his name he has used for centuries. He calls himself Richard now, like some people here in New Mexico are Joe with American pronunciation, but were named Jose. It's not really a big deal. I think it just shows her long-time relationship with him. Or it could be... That she doesn't want to appear like she knows him. You know, maybe she wants to appear like they haven't known each other for centuries. So that's why she's asking, is Ricardos here? If she's asking that, then that's good acting on both their parts. Right. Because he's he says something like, I, I go by Richard, right? Yeah. So he's pretending not to know her, but would he even know to pretend to not know her? <laughs> maybe. But why? What's the motivation? I don't know, just to not lead on that they might have both been on the Black Rock together or something. Mm. You know, maybe they... You think she's that old then? You think she's I don't, I don't know anything about what's going on with her. I really want to know why she was bandaged. I really, really want to know yeah. that. And, like, in Russia, because, you know, that's close to the island. And knowing Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe, you know, everyone is connected somehow. Maybe they were you know, friends a long time ago. Maybe that's, like, his long-lost wife or something. Who knows? Hmm, that'd be interesting. If they had any children. Or maybe she's not sure if he is him because he looks different now. Hmm. You know? Maybe his looks have changed. But he's looked the same for, what, 40, 50 years? Yeah, but maybe maybe back when it was Blackrock time, maybe he looked a whole lot different. Maybe he had the long hair, like when, when Ben ran into him in the jungle in the 70s? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Just Maybe. some ideas. Yeah. Then would she look different too? She could. And he might not recognize Maybe she her. had. Maybe she was all bandaged up because she had plastic surgery to look different. Oh. That's an interesting thought. So that could be why he doesn't necessarily recognize her, at least, you know, to what we see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Pam also says um, she wanted to add on to our What Lost Means to Me, which was our last podcast that we did. Um, and she says, to sum it up, I think it's the best entertainment on film ever. So, thanks for that, Pam. I think we can agree with you on that. Definitely. Along the same lines of what does loss mean to me, uh, this comes from an email from Matt in the UK. He says, what does loss mean to me? 
an intelligent, mysterious story that has great characters and humor, but doesn't try and answer all the questions or stoop to the lowest common denominator. Any show that makes you shout things at the TV or laugh out loud or choke up a little must be all right, right? It has been a way to share my inner geek with like-minded individuals. I'm a big fan of pretty much all sci-fi, but these tend to be individual interests that aren't always shared with workmates and friends for the fear of ridicule or, at the very least, gentle ribbing. I've never considered it even a possibility to be discussing Stargate or Doctor Who episodes at work the next day, but Lost has brought sci-fi fantasy into the mainstream. It's also a thanks to all the fantastically intelligent, funny, and hard-working people that produce the podcasts and vidcasts, and whose lives have been irrevocably changed in the last five years by forging new careers and multimedia opportunities as a result of their involvement in the community. Who'd have thought a TV show could change so many people's lives? So thanks for um, your story, Matt, of what loss means to you. I think that's true because we talked about lost at work all the time. <laughs> yeah, we drove people crazy. We'd have like the half an hour talk about lost as fast as you possibly could to but get it in. We got Gillian watching lost. Uh huh. And Lehua tried. Yeah, it was too hard for her seeing this. She grew up like a block from where they filmed a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it was tough for her. <laughs> but I mean, with talking about sci-fi stuff at work, like you guys and my husband eventually got me to watch Firefly, mm -hmm. and it is actually really fun to be able to talk about stuff like that at work. Yeah, I mean, I Quoted never all day long. Yeah, singing Doctor Horrible's blog <laughs> at work. <laughs> I mean, I never thought that I would actually voluntarily watch sci-fi stuff since that's not really my thing, but. I have to say, I've definitely, you know, been branching out more. Good. And it's nice. Good. I really enjoyed Firefly, despite how much I wanted to not like it, just to spite people. <laughs> but I ended up loving it. Good. <laughs> and my husband got to say, I told you so. Everybody's happy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt also says um, that uh, he had actually just discovered this podcast, and he said he didn't know why it took him so long to find us. I guess it's because that cabin is so hard to track down in the jungle. Especially now that it's ashes. I know. <laughs> it's especially hard to track down. Just look for a smoldering pile of ruins. <laughs> um, but he says he found himself um, listening to our old episodes and saying out loud, Ooh, you are so close, but wrong body. I know who's in there. <laughs> When we um, posited that maybe Jacob was in the metal case that Alana and all were carrying. Oh, we were so close. We were close. I wanted we said us... Jacob and it was anti-Jacob, but I wanted whatever. us to be right so bad. <laughs> Actually, you know, it was lock in the box. Anti-Jacob was in there, you know, making Ben's go oh, stabby. Right. That's right. But... <laughs> but it's closer than thinking like it was a nuclear bomb or... A whole know, bunch of guns. Technology, guns, bombs. I wanted us to be right so badly on that. Yeah. Um, and Matt also says... I've always thought the nuke won't go off as such, but there will be an EMP pulse of some kind. What effect it has, I can't fathom at this point, but Juliet could still pull through. I expect also a tidal wave to plunk the black rock down on the island and knock down the statue at some point in the 1600s or whenever that was. Lately, I've thought that they may introduce yet another timeline, probably once the 70s stream has ended. Seeing as they had a 2004 and 2007 timeline, they may introduce a 2010 timeline, just to bring it up to date, maybe, and keep the three-year gaps. Though that may be a logical move. And if we have to see Walt again, that would explain why Walt has, like, great-grandkids now. <laughs> yeah, that would explain him aging and other people aging a lot better. Mm -hmm. But what about the people that crashed on 316? Are they just going to sit around on the island for three years? Are they going to get rescued and then... Well, I remember thinking that they were kind of the next cycle of people to kind of play in Jacob and anti-Jacob's game. 
Mm. Remember? You know, once once our losties get away from it, the island needs more people. So, so it brought more people there. Yeah, so why not use the 316ers as that? What about the others that are still left on the island, though? Are they just going to integrate all the 316ers into their group? Well, that didn't work so well the last time. Well, it didn't work with some of them, but it, it worked with Cindy and the kids. Yeah. So, But I don't remember seeing many, if any, little kids on 316, do you? Um, no, I don't... I don't think I remember any on the beach now that you mentioned that. And maybe after, you know, since our Losties killed a fair amount of others, maybe after a few cycles of new Losties every time, there won't be in others anymore. It'll be all made up of people from off the island. Although, I think it's made up of people from off the island anyway, because you've got so yeah. many diverse people and accents from all over the world, and you're saying, how did all these people come to this island and come to be this really close-knit group together that works together I mean, you had Mikhail from Russia and, mm -hmm. and all kinds of crazy people, so... It'd be kind of neat if, if right at the end of an episode, maybe if it was a cliffhanger episode and we had to, like, have a week break or something, they show one of the 316ers flipping on, like, the orientation video. Mm. Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah. That could be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, and the last email we have before we get to the Michael Emerson stuff that we wanted to touch on before we end this um, is from Dwayne, and um, we had asked for some topics to talk about, and he sent in a big list of things that are sort of just mysteries um, that we could kind of theorize about or talk about. So I think we're just going to do this briefly, kind of go back and forth, and uh, um, hopefully do a little better than just mere word association, but a quick, like, what do you think about this and uh, what's happening with it. So, Adam and Eve... Um, first my thought is skeletons, and then Rose and Bernard, and I hope that if that is them, that they died happily together. Okay. Okay, how about the Black Rock? Um, I like the theory that it got picked up by a wave and dropped onto the island at some point. Um, I think Richard was there way before Black Rock. Okay. Dharma Initiative. Jumpsuits and Heath. You think of Heath. I do, because Aww. he has the, he has the jumpsuit. He does have the jumpsuit. He and, would be uh, very touched to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Oldham, what was up with that? Oh, yeah, that is a big mystery. Did he just die out in the jungle by himself? Yeah. Is he still wandering around the island somewhere? He could be the Whispers. He Dude, I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> we are on the same wavelength. <laughs> okay, um, healing properties. Um, only for people that have faith and, um... Rainbows? People that maybe had faith before they came, like Rose and Locke. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The island. Moving. Is it going to move again? Why is it always personified? Yeah. Why is it always talked about like it's a person? The island wants this. The island doesn't want that. You have a very good point. Does the island think and feel? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it does. Okay, um, Jacob. Jacob's dead, so I wonder if they're going to bring him back. Yeah. Um, Jacob's nemesis. Beard. <laughs> This is not word association. Well, no. Give a little theory. <laughs> no, I, I think of his beard first thing, and then I think of Deadwood, and then I think, man, that guy did a really good job. And he was creepy. <laughs> you know? I mm -hmm. want to know more. I want to know his name. True. We Give us a name. name. What's his purpose? His purpose is to mess up Jacob's plans. Is he the good guy or the bad guy? He's the both guy. I think they're both oh. the both guys, because, mm. you know, everybody's shades of gray. They're not black and white. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, what about the monster? Um, the monster is um, from a very long time ago. 
I would say it's from the Egypt times, the time when the temple was built. So I don't know what it's made out of or if they use some sort of magic to conjure it up. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. How about the numbers? That I want an answer and I want to know if it has to do with possibly alternate timelines, like I said earlier. Mm, but Damon and Carlton said one time that um, if they explained everything, every little detail in the show, that it would kind of take some of the mystery out of it and then it wouldn't be as exciting. We'd be kind of disappointed, like, oh, that's what the numbers meant? And oh. thinking about how it sounded like Hurley was reading the numbers on the radio in that mm, one episode. That would be good to know. Okay, um, the others. They've been there for a long time, too. I wonder if they started out as being against the people who were in the temple and they had to take over, you know, because, I mean, not that they're actually called the others or that they call themselves the others. Like, we're the outsiders. <laughs> we're outside. We're other. But, um, I mean, there always seems to be these two sides to everything. Mm -hmm. So maybe there was an original rebellion back in the day Yeah. when some people left and some people stayed and there have been two factions ever since. How about the sickness? Montan's arm. I think of that. And, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical sickness. I think it is more of a mental sickness. Mm -hmm. You know, just going crazy and not being able to separate reality from imaginary stuff anymore. What about that vaccine? Do you think that actually helped with anything? Doubtful. Yeah. I mean, if it's a mental thing, a vaccine I don't think is going to do anything. I mean, I don't know, but I don't think it would. Yeah. Okay, uh, the whispers. The Whispers. Didn't I just say a couple minutes yeah. ago it could be Oldham? I don't know what The Whispers are. <laughs> Looking at transcripts of them is very interesting. I think mm -hmm. they have transcripts of them on Dark UFO. It's good stuff. That's cool. I've never actually looked at them because I'm so worried about accidentally seeing a spoiler mm. that I don't I don't go to the Dark UFO just in case. Yeah. Um, I was rewatching. I forget what I was rewatching. Abandoned, I think, for uh, the rewatch in season two. And that's uh, around the time that Shannon gets killed and Walt appears to her yeah, a couple times that. within a couple episodes. Wasn't or maybe he all in wet, the same. too? He was wet and he was, I don't know if he was talking backwards or what, but it kind of sounded whispery and, and she couldn't quite understand him. So, um, I don't know if that's considered whispers because she actually saw him. But, I mean, that that's kind of weird she and mysterious, too. She saw him before too. getting shot, correct? Yes. Okay, she chased after him and then ran into okay, that's what I thought. who shot her. Yeah. Oh, and how about Walt himself? I want to know if we're going to understand why Walt's special. Yeah. Or even some small, un tiny piece of why he's special. <laughs> yeah. Why did that bird fly into the window and die? Yeah. A bird from Egypt. Ooh, a time-traveling bird. <laughs> Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. Maybe he's the one who'll bring the Lossies forward in time. Maybe. Ah. I wonder if there's any birds that are significant in ancient Egypt. I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I mean, the cat was pretty significant to Egyptians, yeah, right? Yeah, because cats are awesome. And because they thought that cats were, you know, pretty high up there, and they'd mummify them with their owners even mm. when the owners died. We've only seen one cat on the show, I think. Nadia. Uh, Nadia. Nadia the yeah. cat. Huh. Okay, and for the last one, um, what do you think about the different picture frames in the episode Confirmed Dead? Oh, when Miles goes to the house to mm -hmm. uh, basically exercise the ghost for the woman. Um, ooh, that's a hard one. Uh, it kind of points to the alternate timeline sort of thing. If maybe he can he can change things, if he's special somehow, and, and he can sort of adjust reality, or reality adjusts itself or corrects itself around him. Kind of like uh, throw him in a pond, he'll make ripples. Hmm. 
speaking of alternate realities, if you if you want to check out a neat movie that has to do with alternate realities, you should watch Coraline. It was uh, kind of an, a stop motion and animated thing, and whenever she went through this door, she went into an alternate reality that oh, was really, really neat. So um, whenever you were saying that, it was making me think of that. Oh. It was, it was really pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe Miles is himself sort of like the door. Yeah. Um, what he can do can sort of change things, change the way they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Although we haven't really seen that happen on the island, and it hasn't happened in the three years he was with the Dharma Initiative. That we know of. I mean, we know. maybe it happened and we just didn't get to see it. Yeah, because we haven't seen the way it was before or after. Right. Enough to know that it changed. Okay, well, the last thing we have to talk about today is um, something that Coke Logic sent us. Um, it was an interview that aired on Sirius XM Satellite Radio from some guys named Opie and Anthony. So um, I'm not sure if this is available out there for people to find, but I guess you could look around on the web to see if you can find it. Um, so uh, I'm going to play just a few clips from Michael Emerson. We'll probably just comment in between them. Um, they're talking about um, Comic-Con a little bit and then different theories. Uh, I tried to cut out most of the hosts of the show and try to just get Michael Emerson and what he was saying, because what he was saying was really good, but they were also doing a lot of their own theorizing. So... So here's the first comment in which he's talking about did things reset and how will things be when we find the Losties again in season six. That, that seems to be one of the threads that they're going to explore. I, I don't know if they're going to do that in tandem with others. I mean, e even if there were people who returned to a state of innocence and were unaware of the events of the last five years, there will be other characters ongoing who know jolly well what happened. So that's pretty crazy. That sounds just like what Katie said about people keeping memories, certain ones of them who had been touched, keeping the memories, and everybody else would kind of be oblivious. But I think Desmond would not be oblivious, even though we don't right. know if he's been touched. Right, I think that's true. I think it was one episode where you didn't get hit in some way, shape, or form. We, we had a day on the set, actually, where we ran out of spaces on my face to put a, a new wound. We, I, I think we canceled a punch, because there, there was nowhere for it to land that wasn't already bloody you and bruised. Poor Ben, he's just been such a punching bag. I know. Did you see the bobblehead dolls that people got at Comic Con? Yeah. They were Benjamin Linus. He had blood all over his face and his arm was in the sling. Yeah. It was great. That's, I guess, the way we're always going to remember Ben. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Beat up. Why would Locke be the only one with his back to the poster? <laughs> I suppose because the identity of the character he plays is in question. Yes! Mm. We See? can't put a name on who he is anymore. He sounded so much like his character there <laughs> that it was really kind of creepy, you know? Mm. It kind of sounded like, I might know, but I can't tell you. It's kind of how he sounded at Comic-Con when he answered a question, and he's yeah. trying to think how to get around the question without actually answering it. He just talks more slowly, and that's his creepy, no, I'm in control here, and you do what I say voice also. <laughs> and he does it really well. Have you seen that poster that they're talking about? Um, no, actually, I haven't. Oh, it's one they, they flashed on the screen at Comic-Con, I think, and so um, there's Must some not screen have caps that of video. it. Yeah, there's screen caps of that, and um, it's the one with all the people. Like, oh, silhouettes of all the people. Yeah, didn't Donald have that up? Um, I think so. Actually, he might have had a, a Photoshop version of it up. Oh. But, <laughs> sorry, Donald, revealing all your secrets. Um, <laughs> no, maybe he had the real version, too, I don't remember, but, um... It, it was all their silhouettes, but you could kind of tell who most of them were. And Locke's in the middle, and he's he's turned, and he's kind of looking back over his shoulder. So it is very strange that he's 
um, sort of in a different angle than everybody else. And that is a pretty pretty good way to look sinister, to be kind of looking over your shoulder like that. Yeah, or it makes you wonder, okay, is, is he doing that because he's dead? He's, like, looking mm-hmm. back at all the people who are still alive? But if if that's the case, then I would think all the dead people, if they're on the poster, would be looking the same way. Unless they're all coming back to life except for him. That'd be really weird. Yeah, now the next question is about the smoke monster. I, I think we already have a sense that it's it's more than smoke. I mean, we know that it's ancient. Yeah. We know that it existed at the time of the pharaohs and maybe beyond. It's got to be mechanical. Spiritual, I think. And my, my sense is that it's made up of fine metallic fragments that can be animated in some electromagnetic way. Mm-hmm. Did you, <laughs> your eyes made me understand that. <laughs> I absolutely love that idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking that the monster is this big, massive, swirling magnetic dust and that's what can attack people and like cut off limbs that's pretty awesome that does explain mechanical noises it would it really would i'm not sure about the flashing light part reflecting off shiny pieces maybe but regardless reflecting very specifically not just like reflecting in the sunlight but i'm gonna scan you and i'm gonna reflect light in your face regardless that is an awesome idea Mm mm-hmm yeah and at first when he said that, I thought he was going to be joking and talking about nanobots. <laughs> I was like, oh no, he's just joking around. But then it was like, okay, th- there's a little bit of, of substance to what he said. Yeah, I like it. Next comment is in response to a question about Mr. Echo. That's interesting, because he, he, he had a great and compelling character. I mean, oh yeah, he was a fan favorite. When, when people ask me what role, if you could pick another role on the show to play, I always say Mr. Echo. Really? Cause, yeah, because his was, there was great uh, gravity and mystery in yeah, his yeah. backstory. And, you know, we, yeah, great we backstory. felt for him. He, more than any other character, was living out some moral dilemma or a moral rebirth. I think they were referring to the fact that um, Adewale said he wanted to come back on the show. Um, but they killed him off pretty definitively. I don't know how they would work him back into the show, but it's cool that he wants to come back. Yeah, definitely. Makes you wish that Cynthia Watros wanted to come back and I know be Libby again. Come on, Cynthia. If I read correctly, they decided that if they weren't happy with your performance, they would have just made the leader someone else. Yeah, I think it was a kind of on-air audition in, in a way. <laughs> and and if, if I hadn't been the right guy to play the adversary, whoever that mm-hmm. was going to be, they could have done away with me easily and uh, tried a different form. Tom Friendly now. would still be around. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah, exactly. It could have been something like that. Yeah, he's another one that just shows up on I things. Agree. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and a clip about Ben killing Jacob. Yeah, and, and, and the look on your face when he says, what about you? Yeah. And it's just like, you really feel for the guy, like, for maybe the first time. And then, of course, Ben kills yeah, him, and then, which is, you know... <laughs> That and was nice to say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's interesting to see this sort of terrifying and powerful character saying, Daddy, please, be, yeah, well, be my daddy. Kind of, uh, you know, oh my so... God, yeah. So where's Ben going to go from here? Yeah, I don't know. Is he going to be taken outside and, like... Rewarded or punished? Yeah. Rewarded by fake Locke, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or punished by Alana and them. Yeah. Usually the deal is they won't bring in a stunt double un- until you cry uncle. But oh, okay. uh, un- until I'm majorly wounded, I- I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. T- take after take well, after take. Cool. And-, and pretty soon the scene is over, mm-hmm. and, and I-, I feel bad because the stunt double hasn't gotten a chance to go on. And I've probably sustained some injuries that will hurt <laughs> me worse the next day than they did at the time. Denise, would you ever want to be a stunt double? 
I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I would. Yeah. I mean, what they put themselves through doesn't sound exactly like fun. I mean, we need them, definitely, and mm -hmm. props to them, but no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Especially no not for Michael Emerson. You get beat up all over the place. Not for Harry Potter. I think his stunt double got hurt pretty bad. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Well, that's all the Michael Emerson clips that we had pulled out. Um, so, any any other comments about the whole thing? It was a really good interview to listen to. I, I especially liked his thoughts on the smoke monster being made out of the little shards of metal. Yeah, I think it, that was my favorite part. It's neat to hear what the actors themselves theorize. Um, and back when um, they were theorizing about time travel, and, and that was on the official Lost Video podcast, they were showing Hurley and Miles. Um, they were showing the actors debating it between scenes and stuff. I mean, that's always cool because to some extent they only know what we know, most yeah. of them. So it's cool to hear what they have to say. Well, I know you need to get going, picking up your backpack for yeah. nursing school. So, um... That sounded so dorky, but I'm really excited <laughs> about it. Yes, you've been talking about it all day. <laughs> so it's going to be the best backpack ever. Yeah, it is. Um, so, this is Jacob's Cabin. Where can they find us? Um, AnnaInIndiana.wordpress.com Alright, you guys can also always send an email to Anna.in.indiana at gmail.com You can also call our voicemail line and leave us some voicemails. Even though it's the hiatus, we'd still love to hear from you. Whatever you have to say, any theories, any questions, anything. So, uh, the number for the voicemail, I'm not going to read it out, but it's on the blog. You can find it on the contact page. So, feel free to look us up. Find us on Twitter. I am EchoBase77. And I am Sharp Cheddar, like the cheese. Mm, like the cheese. We've been eating lots of cheese and bacon this summer. <laughs> Luckily, we're running to counteract that. Yes. <laughs> Denise gave me bacon candy for my birthday, which was amazing. Imagine sugar-coated bacon. That's pretty much oh, what it was. Like caramelized sugar on bacon. It was good. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hope to see you guys next month. The music in this episode was provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check them out at music.podshow.com. of a perfecty, perfect safe, 30, perfecty, <laughs> 30 years of the perfect, <laughs> I did it again, 30 years, <laughs> 30 years later, the 30 years of the perfect safety record would take them to 2007, um, and so, I lost my train of thought, oh no, <laughs> okay, I okay, totally this may not be groundbreaking. Even my buddy Travis came to a similar... Similar? Similar. Bonded. <laughs>
His dad must be too old. <laughs> okay, and one other email that we've gotten is from Dave in Detroit. It's um, a comment from the blog. Oh, sorry. <laughs> How come no one is taking toilet paper to the island with them? I can't talk! <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good? We'll just say bye. Bye! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.